Hi, this is Devin, and welcome to the More of Devin Show. This is your podcast where I'll help you understand how to easily release body fat, how to stay consistent with your nutrition, and how to develop a successful mindset for weight loss in an effortless way. If your goal is to lose belly fat, tone up, lose weight, or take your nutrition and fitness to the next level, this is your one-stop shop for all your needs. In this show, I will be answering your questions and helping you through your journey. If you have any questions, there's a link below where you can submit. Enjoy. Remember what the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. What's good, my people? We got another more with the Devin today. And um, as always, we're going to be answering some questions. And then we're going to start this off with me, you know, giving some advice about things that I've learned in life from my perspective. So we'll go ahead and get this party started. Appreciate you guys and everybody that comes on these lives and the people who watch them afterwards. Really greatly appreciate it. And like, as I always say, you know, you have any kind of questions, there'll always be a link below or in the Instagram in my uh, profile where you can submit questions for things that you have, you want to know about fitness, nutrition, and mindset. So we're going to go ahead and get this party started and get this thing going. So what I want to talk about today, you know, specifically is um, this uh, concept that I've learned about some time ago when it talks about, you know, having inner, um, inner patience and outer passion. And how, you know, being able to bring those two, um, you know, two things together and how it can like really transform your life and get you clear and the ability to start moving towards the things that you desire in a really efficient way. And um, um, so uh, basically, you know, a lot of times we think to ourselves, like, you know, when you're passionate, um, you know, you just got to go for it. You know what I'm saying? It's something that's like an emotion that, you know, gets you really going. And then you think to yourself, patience is something that, you know, it's a form of like stillness. And, you know, not not a lot of movement. So, you know, but really what it, what I have found for myself and, you know, I'm not to say that I'm perfect with this. And, you know, it's a lot of places that I got to work on with myself when it comes to my patience. You know, what I'm saying and being able to stay, you know, clear and get to where I want to be and just take my time. But what I'm seeing is that when you can, like, get your mental facilities and your emotions within, you know, in a p- place of patience and, um, you know, allow yourself to be calm. And at ease, you know, within your mind, it's almost kind of like, you know, looking at our mind as like an ocean. And when the waves are super wavy, you know, what I'm saying the sediment comes up and it makes it where things are like unclear. You know what I mean? And it's difficult to make clear decisions, even if you may have a depth of knowledge, the clarity isn't there. And then but on the outside, you know, when you can take action and be, you know, prompt and like, you know, passionate about that, you know, thing that you're moving towards, when you can combine those two things together, it creates this synergy of the ability to, you know, take action with, with a lot of clarity. And most of the time, you know, we don't really look at those things as correlating together or being able to integrate them, you know, within and within one being, one body. And um, either, you know, we're super, a person is super, super patient, and then they're, you know, many times don't take action on the things that they desire in life, you know what I'm saying, don't move forward, and they're not, they're kind of stagnant. And then there are other people who are so passionate, but they're not thinking clearly and maybe make mistakes and, you know what I'm saying, and like jump to jump the gun with things, you know, when it comes to, you know, things that they, they're trying to move towards. But if you can find that way to find that inner peace, that patience within yourself, within your emotions, but then from there, from that patience and that clarity, take, you know, passionate action, you know what I'm saying, and being able to maintain both of those energies, it's amazing the kind of things that you can do. And, um, you know, so what I found is, you know, Things like meditation, things that are able to allow your mind to get into a place of calmness, um, you know what I'm saying? Really getting your mental facilities in a place of calmness. And then from there, you know what I'm saying? Taking those actions 
and you're, you'll be in a more of a place of alignment and make better decisions. And I think one of the best ways that you can look at this is like, you know, a good correlation is like a, you know, a track runner or a person that's working out in the gym, you know, when you're lifting weights, you know, just take a person who, you know, they're passionate lifting, but their technique is super crazy. Their, their form is all wild. And you know what I'm saying? They may not even be actually, you know, they're doing a bicep curl, but lifting so crazy that they're not even using their biceps and they have no understanding of what's happening in, you know, on, on, on a level of the technique and like being able to, you know, understand the why behind what they're doing. And they're just, but they're putting in work and going super hard or a track runner. You know, you see somebody running, they're super tight. That's showing that in their mind, they're not in a place of calmness. Versus on the contrary, you know, you look at people who are really seasoned and training, they can work out at a high intensity, but they're so calm in their mind. They know exactly what they're doing. They're being able to engage all of the muscle fibers and they're very intentional about what they're doing, but it takes a lot of calmness and patience within the mind and then being able to like, you know, passionately take action. And, you know, from that kind of space, you can make amazing results. You know what I'm saying? Or you see an Olympic runner, you know what I'm saying? A hundred meter runner, they're running and everything is just loose, but they are at a high intensity and running with, you know, total control and so much power and force and speed that's happening. But, you know, they were, it took time for them to train their minds to be able to be calm within and be able to do things, you know, in a very, very proficient way. But then at the same time, be able to be extremely passionate and turn that passion into something that directs them to where they want to go. And, um, you know, so I'm seeing that a lot of times, like even for me, I kind of almost forgot this concept that I learned, you know, some time ago. And uh, being able to synergize both of those perspectives and your activities and your way of doing things, you know, being able to have that inner patience and outer passion and allowing them to surge together, merge together in a way that is, you know, you know, uh, you know, benefits you that serves the things that you desire. So, you know, I think to myself, sometimes if you're too patient and you don't take any action, you know, life can just go ahead of you. You know what I'm saying? Where you end up not getting to where you want to be or you, you know, you, you wait too long and, you know, you miss your chance. And then it's times where you can be so passionate, but you're not thinking. Your emotions are all over the place and then you make big mistakes that could have been avoided if you could have had, you know, a more patient mindset within your mental facilities. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, just think about that. You know what I mean? That's something that we don't usually put together. But if you can, you know, learn to be inwardly patient and outwardly passionate, you know what I'm saying? You can make so much better decisions. And I, I think that both of those things, it takes practice to be able to be calm within yourself, but to being able to also take action in a very, very, you know, confident and, you know, bold kind of way. And um, so it's not about not making mistakes, but it's just about, you know, finding a way to be mindful and learning to be calm from within when you, when you take those actions. And I think even a lot of times, you know, having that patience within, you first got to start off taking things slow on the external level and you get better and better. And as you get stronger within, you know, you get stronger on the outside and then it becomes like a place where you're very, very calm internally and you can take massive action externally. And, um, you know, but I think it's always going to be a growing process, but getting to that space allows you to, you know, um, you know, execute, you know, principles and different types of things in life in a very, very professional and, you know, clear way where you get awesome results. So I just challenge to work on both of those things, work on your inner self and learning how to maintain patience within your inner self. And then, you know, being able to have that confidence to be passionate in your action and being able to know that you can bring them together in a way that's going to serve you and the people that you're trying to help or things that you're trying to achieve. So I hope that was able to give you guys some advice, inner patience, outer passion. You know what I'm saying? Really contemplate on that. And you know what I'm saying? I think there's some great things you can, great insights that you can gain from, you know, gaining those principles within yourself.
All right, so now we're going to go ahead and get to the, the questions today. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we can bring some value as to some things for you guys in an efficient way. All right, so our first question is, is it okay to eat the whole egg versus just the egg whites? That's a great question. And even, you know, it's, you know, clients that I have, and I give a protocol of egg whites. But I do want to say that, you know, um, so the difference between these two things is all relative to what your goals are, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve. But, you know, just to answer that question quickly, what my opinion is, you know, it's good to, you know, whole eggs are really, really good for you. They're high in minerals and it's a lot of good, you know, vitamins and minerals that your body needs. And then it's even also more bioavailable when you eat the whole egg. But the only thing is with the whole egg, you know, there is a higher amount of fat and then, you know, fat is more dense. But at the same time, like if you're to eat eggs, eggs are something that's good for you. Um, you know, like I said, lots of minerals and vitamins in it. But then if your goal is to, you know, for body composition specific and you have like a certain amount of protein that you're trying to consume and, you're, you know, you need to keep your calories down, that's where a whole egg can have an issue when it comes to, you know, body composition change. And if you got a certain amount of fats and carbs, protein that you need to, need to reach for, if you were to eat, you know, 10 eggs in a day, you know, I think that's it's around like five or six grams of fat in an egg. That would be a significant amount of fat, you know, for the day just from eggs. So, you know, a good rule of thumb, if you're just, you know, eating for wellness, eating for health, and you're trying to also change your body composition, build muscle, um, you know, go like a three to one ratio. So like three egg whites to one egg. So you get, you know, the full egg, you get the, you know, the fats and the good stuff that's in the egg. And then from there, you're also being able to get a high amount of protein and it allows you to, you know, um, you know, get best of both worlds. But then there are times like for me, you know, and like clients that I have, if they're, you know, they may not want the egg white, the egg yolk, and, you know, they, you know, have the egg white to be able to maximize their protein intake. But there's nothing bad about whole eggs at all. They're really, really good for you. And, um, you know, um, like, you know, high bioavailability when it comes to, you know, absorption of, you know, the protein. And then it's a lot, a lot of good minerals and vitamins in it that are essential for your body. So it's all dependent on your, your goals and what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve. And then, so it is okay to eat a whole egg to answer that question. You know, but it's all relative to, you know, your specific goals, your body, and things you're trying to, you know, what your, what your specific goals are. Uh, so then our next question is, I've drastically cut down on sodium intake and saturated fats. What are your thoughts on that? So, you know, specifically, you know, um, when it comes to, you know, sea salt, you know, Himalayan sea salt, that's not iodized and all the stuff that's, you know, the good stuff isn't taken out. And then, you know, from there, you know, table salt, it's set up in such a way that it can like create micro tears in your, your arteries and things of that nature. So not all salt is, you know, equal, but you know, Himalayan sea salt, it doesn't have that effect on you or just, you know, non iodized salt, um, you know, like salt that is like kosher salt, you know, as well as, um, you know, um, Himalayan sea salt, things of that nature. They actually have minerals in them and they're really good for you. And if you're working out and, you know, you're training rigorously, whether you're like running a whole bunch or whether you are, you know, training in the gym, if you're training at, at a vigorous level, then what happens is, you know, you're not only just sweating out water, but you're sweating out sodium. And a lot of times, you know, people catch cramps and like, you know, have issues when it comes to their electrolytes and things of that nature. You need sodium to be able to train at your highest level. Um, you know what I'm saying? For your muscles to contract properly, you need sodium. So there's a lot of people who in the bodybuilding world, a lot of people just in general, they stay away from sodium overall, but you need that, especially the more that you sweat. So if you're working out, you need to make sure that you're getting a proper amount of sodium in your body. And it's just relative to your body kind of knows. You don't need to like douse your food with a whole bunch of salt, but you need to keep it in your, in your diet. Like I said, and I think that, you know, a good, you know, sodium is going to be Himalayan sea salt because it's just, it's, it's better for your body overall. 
than just regular table salt. And then when it comes to saturated fats, you know, um, you know, it's kind of a loaded question because a lot of things like, you know, like uh, pastries and pies and, you know, sausages and croissants and ice cream, you know what I mean? Milkshakes and, you know, chocolate spreads and things of that nature, they have saturated fats. So it's not so much just fat in those things. It's, you know, like a whole bunch of stuff that is high calorie, you know, not a lot of fiber, really tasty and, you know, easy for you to overconsume. So then from there, you're eating like a whole bunch of fat, carbs, and all kind of other stuff, and it doesn't have nutrients in it. It's not good for your body. And then from there, you know what I'm saying, like it creates issues for you just overall because you're overconsuming food just in general. But then, you know, there's things like butter and ghee, you know, uh, you know, lard and coconut oil. Like those things alone is actually better than eating, you know what I'm saying, like margarine. And, um, you know, and they have a high, you know, um, uh, smoking point. So when you cook with it, you know what I'm saying? It's not going to turn into something that's rancid, like a, you know, a trans fat because of the temperature increase. So, um, you know, so actually if you had a choice, in my opinion, if you were to go for butter versus margarine, butter is better for you. And, um, because it doesn't have like the, the oil that, you know, is bad for your body. So, um, you know, when it comes to saturated fats, it's not just saying, oh, because saturated fats are just inherently bad. Like your brain, you know what I'm saying? is made up of fat, like cholesterol and things of that nature. And, um, your body needs it, you know, when it comes to, you know, testosterone levels, things of that nature, just for hormonal, you need fats. But, you know, the way that food is set up in today's time, a lot of saturated fats are in those foods that, you know, don't have a lot of nutrients. They're high in calories. And, you know, they, you know, those foods that are leading to obesity, like high fat, high carb, super tasty food with no nutrients. So your body's not really getting its sustenance besides just total calories. So I hope that answers the question in a clear way. So like I said, like butter, ghee, you know what I'm saying? In my opinion, I think it's better to even use that over like, you know, olive oil because, you know, um, the smoking point is so low that once it, you know, transitions to, you know, the temperature's too high, the fat becomes actually rancid. I mean, that, those oils become rancid. But with, you know, with butter and ghee, it has a higher smoking point, so then it doesn't have that issue. So hope that answers that question in a clear way. Uh, so then now we got our next question. I put in the effort in and not seeing the results. Should I change my plan and diet? So that's a great question. A lot of people, you know, go through that kind of situation. A lot of times, you know, a person, let's say a person has like, you know, trying to lose 50 pounds initially, you know, they just change your diet up, you know, and then they start possibly even jogging, getting to the gym and just moving. So then from there, they hit a plateau and then they don't see any weight loss because they're doing the same exact thing. So maybe that's 20 minutes of cardio, working out, you know, four days a week, three to four days a week for, you know, around an hour. And then you're, you know, you're eating in the same kind of pace and, you know, um, you know, cadence that you've been eating, you know, but you're eating healthy, eating, you know, eating clean and um, you hit a hit a plateau. So most of the time when that happens, you know, it's not so much that, you know, if the goal is weight loss, that you need to change your workout routine. As long as you're, you know, resistance training in a way that's allowing you to, you know, get progressively stronger, your technique is getting better, you've been able to do more reps, you know, things of that nature, hitting all the body parts that you need to, you know, get your body moving in the right direction and keep everything balanced. Um, and then from there, the two things that are going to be the main issue is either, you know, increasing your activity level and then also, you know, changing your diet in a way where you're putting yourself in a caloric deficit. And uh, once you get in that caloric deficit and then you continue to train, you'll be able to, you know, change your body composition and then lose the body fat. So, you know, the main thing is if you, you know, put in an effort and you're not seeing the results, you know, possibly it could be you're not maybe, you know, your technique isn't right or you're not training the right body parts in the right kind of way, you know, not hitting them frequently enough or you're not, you know, 
you know, you're not increasing the weight in a way where you're not getting attention on the muscles the way that, they, that it needs to be. So it's a lot of different factors. So it could be your workout as well. But the biggest thing is, you know, most likely it's going to be your diet if you're not seeing results specifically when it comes to fat loss. But if you're not seeing results when it comes to, you know, muscle gain or, you know, if you're trying to build muscle, then maybe, you know, you need to possibly, you know, increase your food or, you know, increase your protein or you need to change your workout routine where you're being able to, you know, see better results from that. So, um, you know, so like a lot of different things, but most likely, you know, the average person, when they say they're not seeing results, it means that they're not actually, you know, um, you know, losing body fat. And then from there, you know, most likely that's going to be something they need to change their diet and um, get in a caloric deficit. So that's what I would probably, that's what I would assume from that question. So then now we got our next question. All right, so our next question, if you're not eating clean, if you're eating clean, how much sugar, meaning refined sugar, do you allow yourself to eat? So that's a good question. You know, it's not sugar that's not inherently making people fat. You know what I mean? Like there's even like this little graph that's showing that people are reducing their sugar intake when it comes to, you know, overall over the, you know, the last like 50 years or so. And But, you know, fat, you know, obesity is increasing. But I can say at the same time, you know, Refined sugar doesn't have like a lot of benefits. It just gives you energy, doesn't have any nutrients, doesn't have any fiber. So it's easy to overconsume sugar, especially when you combine it with, you know, salt and, you know, and, uh, and, and fat as well. It's just like, you know, bad for your body. You know what I'm saying? When you, you can consume too much of it too easily. Um, but what I would say, you know, the simplest thing is look at it as the 80-20 rule. So, you know, 80%, 80 to 90% of your food should come from nutrient-dense whole foods. And then the other 10, 10 to 20% you know, coming from, you know, things that you enjoy. So it's not about just totally avoiding sugar, but if your diet is high in sugar, it's going to be really easy just to overeat overall. Not so much that you're just overeating a whole bunch of sugar, but you'll be able to eat overall calories more because it's not, sugar doesn't make you feel like, oh, I'm so full because it doesn't have, you know, fiber and it doesn't have the minerals and nutrients that your body needs for you to feel sustained. So um, I would say, you know, and on the same level, like, so like I said, so if you, like if, big chunk of your food is coming from like, you know, processed or, you know, um, you know, you know, uh, you know, from refined sugar, then you're probably going to feel hungry easier. And then it'll be an easier chance for you to overeat. So like I said, I think that if you're really trying to lose weight, get your wellness and health in a good place, then, you know, look at it as the 80, 20 rule, 80 to 90% of your food should come from nutrient dense foods. And then the other 10 to 20% comes from whatever you want, whether that's refined sugar or alcohol, or whatever it is. And from that space, you know, from what I'm seeing, that'll put you in a really good position to, you know, continue to move towards your goals and be able to, you know, uh, enjoy the foods that you, you like on a lifestyle type of basis. All right, so then our next question is, what do you think is the fastest way to burn fat? So, you know, this is a question we get, I answer this question over and over. Uh, you just got to be in a caloric deficit. But, you know what I'm saying, if you want to lose fat, like, rapidly, what I found it's like a high protein diet that, you know, a high protein diet that's low in low in fats and, and carbs and high in vegetables. Um, you know, you'll be able to retain your muscle really well. Uh, you're going to like lose a lot of, um, you know, glycogen. And then from there, your body will start to use body fat as, you know, as, as fuel because you're not going to have that much, you know, those carbs in your body, the glycogen in your muscles. But then from there, you'll be able to continue to maintain your muscle mass. So you'll be able to lose body fat 
and you know maintain your muscle mass, which is going to help you be able to change your composition and specifically lose the body fat, you know, you know, for the most part. And then from there, you got to resistance train. So when you know when you know when I'm really looking to lose body fat really fast, you know, what I'm saying I'm trying to maintain my muscle, you know, for what if it's something I got to get done quickly, or you know, I'm in the last stages of my you know prep, then you know carbs are low, fats are low, and protein is high, and then you know lots of vegetables. And um, that's what I found, you know, for clients and myself, if you're like, you know, getting ready for a wedding, you got a couple weeks or something like that, or you're going on vacation and you're going to be at the beach and you want to lose body fat really fast, you, you know, while also keeping your shape, then, you know, a high protein diet that is, you know, low in fat, low in carbs, um, that's going to be one of the quickest ways to really, really get the fat loss going in a specific way. But more than anything, you just need to be in a caloric deficit and then make sure your protein is where it needs to be. So it's not that fats are bad or that carbs are bad. Just if you're trying to burn fat the fastest, you know what I'm saying? He's going to lie. The protein is going to give you some level of satiety. And then from there, the, the you know, the veggies are going to give you a little minerals and then, you know, some fiber to keep your stomach feeling full. And then you can eat abundance of it. You can eat a lot of it. And then you keep the fats low, keep the carbs low. If you're trying to just rapidly lose body fat. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's not like a forever diet. And I wouldn't suggest trying to do that for a, a super, super long period of time because it's not easy and it's not, you know, sustainable. And it's not, you know, something that's enjoyable either long term, just only eating protein and vegetables. You don't have no sweets and tasty foods and things of that nature. So, but if you want to lose fat fast as possible, that would be my suggestion. And then our next question, I find it really hard to eat anything before working out. So I'm wondering what brand of shake can I mix up and drink before my workout in the morning? So, you know what I'm saying? This question has been asked before. I can't tell you specifically, you know, what protein shake is going to be best for you brand-wise, but I will give you like a breakdown. You know, you want to get a protein source that's, you know, at least 20 grams, and then you want to try to find something that has the lowest amount of carbs and fats. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like a high meal replacement type of, you know, uh, meal replacement type of um, 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 protein shake. I'd rather get your carbs and fats from real foods and just use a protein shake as a way to get your protein in. And then, you know, just find something that's tasty. But, you know, when I say low in fats, you know, if you possibly can find something that is at least lower than four grams of fats, and then, you know, somewhere around like five, less than five grams, five to six grams of carbohydrates, and then the protein is at least 20 grams of protein, that's going to be a nice protein shake to take in. And then, you know, it's going to help with protein synthesis, you know what I'm saying? And uh, being able to look, allow you to like build muscle most optimally or maintain your muscle mass. And then, you know, you're not going to have like a lot on your stomach and it's going to give you the best bang for your buck. And then you can use those other, you know, carbs and fats for real food. That's what I do. And I think that, you know, especially when I'm trying to lean out, that's a real, that's one of my options that I do as well. And then our last question, I just turned 50 and have been fairly successful at keeping my weight under control with diet and exercise, any suggestions to diet or exercise to get rid of my flab? So same thing, even though, you know, you're 50 years old, it's the same process. You know what I'm saying? You may just, you know, the studies that have said that, you know, as you get older, your metabolism starts to decrease. But then there's also studies that have come out that saying that's actually not as accurate as they once assumed. So at the end of the day, you know what I mean? You got to like get your training and workout set up relative to your lifestyle, your body, you know what I'm saying? If you have any kind of injuries, things of that nature, if you're 50 years old, you know, you got your recovery and all that kind of stuff, get all that stuff in alignment. And then from there, you get your nutrition in a space where if you got, you know, you're trying to get rid of the flap, you just got to be in a caloric deficit. It's, it's simple, but many times, you know, the biggest thing is staying consistent. Like I said, you know, so right now I even got 
me some food right here. You know what I'm saying? That I'm gonna eat after this uh, after this live. You know what I'm saying? I just got you know some um, some shrimp and then like a cup of rice. You know what I'm saying? A super simple and a little barbecue sauce and um, you know like a high protein meal with some you know with some carbs and then from there you know eating lots of salads. You know I got some asparagus, got you know some spinach, uh, tomatoes. You know things of that nature. Keep it super simple. So, you know, that protein is going to be the main thing that's going to allow you to, like I said, to stay full. And then you're also going to be able to, you know, it's going to keep you from gaining too much body fat. And then you'll be, you know, you'll be good to go. But more than anything, it's your total calories that you got to get proper for yourself. So do some, you know, play around with it. You know, get my fitness pal and, you know, take your, you know, your, 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 your weight times like 12. That's your maintenance calories. And then from there, you know what I'm saying? See how your body, if you lose weight, gain weight. And this is say you gain a couple pounds over the first one, over the first two weeks of keeping your calories, you know, at maintenance calories times, you know, your body weight times 12. And then, you know, from there, you know, drop it by, you know, about 500 calories. That'll put you in like a, you know, a solid deficit. If you didn't gain or lose it, if you, if you didn't gain or lose any weight, take your calories down by like about 500 or so, or, you know, maybe take it down by like 250, 250 calories and then increase your overall activity. You know what I mean? And you can play around with it in that kind of perspective until you find that sweet spot where you're losing weight or, you know what I'm saying, changing composition when it comes to, you know, maintaining or even building muscle and losing body fat. So it's pretty simple no matter if you are, you know, 10 years old or you are 50 years old or 60 years old. You got to be in a caloric deficit. You got to stay consistent. But then there's a whole bunch of different other variables that are at play, depending on how, how young someone is and, you know, their activity level, just their natural activity level that they have. So, you know, you have to get into the details, but more than anything, you know, get your protein about a gram per pound if you're not like, you know, obese and like highly overweight. And then from there, or if you are able to find out, you know, what your skeletal muscle is, then you can take it that you can find out you can get your you know protein intake based off of that and then um from there you know that'd be that's pretty much it so um, i want to talk too long on this you know what i'm saying i appreciate you guys as i always say remember what the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve i appreciate it thanks guys if you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends thank you so much for listening and i hope you're leaving with some great things that can help you with your fitness and nutrition goals now go out there and make it happen remember what the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve until next time